Hello. Hello. I'm Brianna. I'm Shara. And we are the, the Squad Ghouls. <laughs> Just a couple of creepy gals who love creepy things. And cookies. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> you were eating the cookie and I got distracted. Um. Um, speaking of that, hold on. I'm going to join you. Um, Your courting days we are, are for cookies. We are eating delicious cookies by our wonderful friend. Shift and Flow. Yes. Please uh, order from Sift and Flow Cookies. They're delicious. I don't know if he ships internationally. I'm sure he could figure it out. Can you ship cookies internationally? Mm, I don't know. I don't think you can. But he will ship within the States. Well, no, because you know what? Hmm. John sends um, chocolate internationally. I Does think. he really? I think he has. Okay. Sorry, we're doing some ASMR business here, eating cookies. It's so good. Mm-hmm. He sent us Halloween cookies, by the way. They're Halloween Funfetti. We're going to post a picture on our Instagram. And they're delicious. And then a week and a half later when people listen to this, this is not going to make any sense. Nope. <laughs> they're just going to hear us chewing. But order but order from Sift and Flow Cookies because yes. they're delicious. Little, little small plug there. Yep. We needed a, <laughs> we needed a little pick-me-up here. Um. Anyway, I have a joke. Okay. What health insurance do Halloween creatures use? I don't know. What do they use? Metascare. <laughs> do they have to be 65 or older uh, you know that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> it just reminded me of monsters inc we we care mm-hmm. or no they say we scare because we care mm-hmm. anyway. metascare yeah <laughs> i have a health related joke for you oh i'm ready what's an optimistic vampire's favorite no i screwed that up what's <laughs> I got I got distracted by the cookie. Mm-hmm. What is an optimistic vampire's blood type? Mm, I don't know. What? Be positive. <laughs> I like the theme that we have going on mm-hmm. <laughs> with our jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, mm. should we get into booze news? Yes. Booze, booze news. Booze news. That was so much more peppy because we've had coffee, tea, and cookies. Yep. All right. So, quick reminder for everybody. Based on the novel of the same name by Donald Ray Pollock, look out for the film The Devil All the Time, which is coming to Netflix beginning Ooh. September 16th. Um, if you have not watched the trailer yet, please do. Out. Yes. Um, this has a ton of big names in it. It's got Mia Wasikowska, Tom Holland. Uh, who's the guy that played Bucky Barnes? Oh. <sighs> Sebastian Stan. Yeah, he's so cute. Um, and then Robert Pattinson. Yeah, he he busy. The little Brit. Uh, he's a real creepy backwoods preacher. Oh my goodness gracious! Now his uh, his agent needs the fruit basket. Right, he busy. Mm-hmm. Um. So yes, be sure you watch it. Yay! And then also, Creepy Kingdom kicked off their spooktacular two-month-long Halloween celebration last week with a fun-filled live stream broadcast. So, announced earlier this summer during the Midsummer Scream There in Spirit online convention, uh, Creepy Kingdom's Halloween at Home boasts more than 60 days of Halloween programming hosted on their official website and social media channels. So now through October 31st, uh, they aim to bring viewers a slew of exciting and interactive ways to celebrate the season without having to leave your home. Wow. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. And then the last one I got. Okay. Uh, directed by Jim Cummings. 
there's a new werewolf film coming out called The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Oh. Yeah, and it'll be headed to theaters. Not theaters. Drive-ins? Drive-in theaters will be open. I hope. Um, and at <laughs> home, according to Dread Central anyway, theaters. So I'm assuming probably, to your point, drive-ins. Oh, okay. Um, and at home on demand on October 9th via Orion Classics. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so Jim Cummings wrote and directed The Wolf of Snow Hollow, and he also stars alongside Ricky Lindholm, um, who was in the remake of The Last House on the Left, and the late Robert Forster. So the film centers around a small town sheriff who's struggling with a failed marriage, a rebellious daughter, and a lackluster department. And he's tasked with solving a series of brutal murders that are occurring on the full moon. Um, So as he's consumed by the hunt for the killer, he struggles to remind himself that there's no such thing as werewolves. (gasps) Or are there? There are. I think there might be. I mean, we're finding new stuff all the time. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's vampires in um, in New Orleans, so it's got to yeah, be man. werewolves. Just saying. Yeah, man. And then I just want one of them to hang out with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Werewolf or vampire, you you are both accepted. Just don't. <laughs> yeah. Don't kill me. Mm-mm. You can change me. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But just don't kill me. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. <laughs> um so continuing on sharing some really amazing and awesome organizations out there that you should follow um today i want to talk about the navajo water project Ooh. and it the the navajo water project is a community managed utility alternative that brings hot and cold running water to homes without access to water or sewer lines mm-hmm. and it's the first system of its kind in the united states Mm. um so how this began um their work began um in 2014 and um has since expanded so they're they uh, started to work with a single family in uh thorough new mexico the bensons and has grown to serve more than 250 families across nine towns in new mexico alone in 2018 they opened a new project offices in in navajo mountain utah in dilkin arizona and they continue expanding across the navajo nation um many navajo worry that uh, they will never get running water but when they hear about dig deep they know that there's hope coming to them so definitely need your help um one of the the statistics is one in three navajo still don't have a sink or a toilet really yep and they bring clean hot and cold running water to families in New Mexico, Utah, and Arizona. So basically for the, the Navajo Nation. Isn't that That's sad? awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean sad, sad to hear the statistics, but awesome that it's such a great organization. Yeah. It it's it's crazy. Like so more than two million Americans without uh, there's more than two million Americans without running water or plumbing. One in three um, is about uh, one third of Navajo families haul water home every day. Wow. Yeah, and then Navajo pay uh, 67 times more for water they haul versus piped water. That sounds like the people of Flint, Michigan, that have the highest uh, water bills in the country, but their water is still full of lead. Yeah. Still. It's just... Since 2014. It It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, with 
with our help and a few other like big companies they sponsor this program um we can help and get water to the the wonderful navajo nation because awesome. they shouldn't be without those things Mm-mm. and this is in our own country people it's terrifying i mean <laughs> this is this is our home and we have people here who don't have running water hot or cold and they have to drive every day to bring barrels and barrels of water home mm-hmm. i i Same see in- i see a huge so many things going wrong with this country. Mm-hmm. Same for... <laughs> no wonder all the other countries are laughing at us. <laughs> same for uh, Flint. They're still, yeah. They still haven't had water without lead in it. And the, the measurements of lead, for some people, I remember um, watching a documentary about it. And it's anything above six is catastrophically dangerous. And some, some children, kids, kids, babies, uh, were measuring uh, up to 14 or 16. Oh, my gosh. But the government was trying to persuade workers that were measuring the lead tests to not put it above the proper level. This shouldn't be happening, guys. No. Come on. It's very sad. But anyway, but you can find Navajo Water uh, Water Project um, there on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And their uh, website is uh, NavajoWaterProject.org. So please check them out. And um, donate because, I mean, rather than buying a lottery ticket, we can help someone have running hot and cold water. Mm-hmm. Or instead of buying Starbucks. Or, or that too. I don't really buy lottery tickets unless they get to be like an absurd amount of money. Right, right. To like really lower my chances of ever winning because everybody else does. <laughs> but if I thing. won, I would donate to something like this. I would too. Or, you know, I would use money for a good cause also have a good time but also for a bunch of causes that i think are great like the ones that i'm mentioning so Mm -hmm. but yeah so today we're talking about a movie that was released this year it was originally supposed to be released in theaters but like so many others covid ruined that uh so this is the 2020 film called you should have left it was a really good movie it was so i liked it it was a, it is a psychological horror film that was written and directed by David Kep, based on the 2017 book of the same name by Daniel Kelman. Oh, it's a book. It was a book. Oh. Um, so it stars Kevin Bacon and Amanda Seyfried, and Jason Blum served as the producer through the Blumhouse Productions And they're busy, too. They're real busy right now. <laughs> they are busy. Real busy. <laughs> Which I like because mm-hmm. they've been bringing some cool stuff out. So. Mm, absolutely. Um, so a little bit of background on the film. Um, in, 20, in March of 2018, it was originally announced that Kevin Bacon would star in the film with David Kep directing and writing the film. And it was obviously based on the novel of the same name. And they had actually previously collaborated on the 1999 film stir of echoes oh mm-hmm. i like it i know and i loved stir of echoes Me too. i thought he was great in that movie yeah. and it had Catherine urb in it as well who played his wife yes oh it was a great film it was a really good movie and uh also fun fact kevin bacon actually replaced nicholas cage nicholas cage was originally supposed to play his role i am so happy same here because <laughs> I, I know I've said this before. I have never seen a Nicolas Cage movie that I liked, except for Raising Arizona. So I that's mean, not true. But. I like National Treasure. <laughs> Did you really? I mean, just. just but you like everything, so. <laughs> not everything. Yes, you do. Gerbil. Not everything. Tiebreaker, Gerbil. 
<laughs> I just okay. Never mind. Forget it. <laughs> but yes, thank God Nicolas Cage was not in this production because it would not have been any good if he was. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It just wouldn't have been. But it, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> um, and filming actually took place at various locations in Wales, where the story is based, um, oh. including the Life House in Lambister, Radnorshire. Wow. Mm hmm. You did a good job. I tried. It's better than that would. <laughs> I hope, well, to our listeners in Wales, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> If I butchered that. We, we apologize. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if our pronunciations are incorrect, please send us the correct way to say it. Yeah. We don't want to be those people that are just like, I don't know. Yeah. We we um, accept all corrections. Absolutely. <laughs> well, as mentioned, uh, the cast, so Kevin Bacon plays Theo Conroy. Mm-hmm. And he is a retired banker married to a young woman, uh, Susanna, who is played by Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried. I can never say her name right. But Seyfried. Right? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I always forget that she's the same girl who was in Mean Girls and could predict the weather with her boobs. So great. There's a 36% chance it's already raining. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my! I, I mean, she probably doesn't want anybody to know that was that was her. <laughs> but it was such a great movie. Yeah, it really was. Really well done. <laughs> um. Anyway, so they and she's an actress in this film. Mm-hmm. Um. And then also they share a daughter named Ella, who is played by Avery Essex. Such a cute name. Um. But in the so in the opening of the movie, we see, um, Avery. She's in the bed and uh, she notices in her room like there's like a dark shadow. And so she kind of like tries to ignore it and, you know, kind of like, like, it's not there. It's just my mind, you know, it's kind of playing tricks on me a little bit. And uh, all of a sudden, there's this like real creepy dude (laughs) that grabs her. Uh, By the way, I jumped. I normally don't jump. You jumped? I jumped at that part. Just the, I think it was the voice. The guy's voice that just kind of creeped me out and when he went to like grab her yeah that part i was like oh hey <laughs> it, it just reminded me of recent bad dreams that i've had yeah <laughs> so i think it yeah. just kind of triggered it hit a little too close to home yeah just a little <laughs> well and, and once we're done going through the the plot oh yeah, no. i want to talk about that because it i think for me hit kind of close to the same reasons oh okay hit close to home for the same reasons sometimes i notice that my brain just um like removes pieces of sentences (laughs) and then like strings the beginning and the end together totally fine Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so but then we realize uh that this is actually a very very bad dream that uh theo is having and yeah so it's just we, he's, you know, seeing somebody to help him, like, you know, through all this, as can tell that there's definitely something going on. So, <laughs> um, so he wakes up, and uh, then he decides that he wants to visit Susanna on set. Um, as I mentioned before, she's an actress. So one afternoon, he tries to go visit her, and uh, he's obviously, like, you know really uh annoyed because she's she's doing a sex scene for this movie and 
and like they're doing all these takes as he's like trying to get on set to see her i don't know how i would feel about that like, yeah be real understanding yeah <laughs> you, you gotta be real secure in your relationship and real understanding right <laughs> yeah because he and then he's already annoyed because um you know the security guard um you know doesn't um you know he doesn't want to let him in and she mentions to him like you know they they think you're dangerous so you know we're kind of hinting already mentioning some things that are in his past that make him kind of a scary person um so you know and then and then later uh well so she tries to make it up to him and they they go drive up on some lookout mountain <laughs> over los angeles yes <laughs> and you know they have their their fun uh but you know theo is still kind of feeling jealous and kind of not you know having all the trust that you know he towards he's Susanna. feeling very insecure yes so while she's you know taking a bath you know he's like going through like everything her her cell phone her her tablet her laptop and you know then he realized okay like you know she's cool she's actually you know not you know being she's not cheating on me or nothing like that which is good <laughs> she seems like a cool person <laughs> um but, you know, soon after they talk about, you know, let's just, you know, let's get away. Like, I'm, you know, going to be shooting, you know, over, you know, in, in London. So let's just take a, a vacation before. Let's go and just, you know, get out of here and have fun with our daughter. So soon they book a vacation in Wales. And uh, there's, you know, they look at this house. I, I, I don't know how you felt, but when I saw the house, I'm like, really? Who that's the where hell <laughs> wants to stay there? I'm like, this is where you want a vacation? <laughs> it looks, it's very institutional. But Wales, as I've never been there, but pictures that but I've, I've seen. I've seen pictures. It's beautiful. They have these beautiful, like, ranch homes. And I mean, it's like super countryside. But like, you look at this house, it's super modern. And it's like institutional yeah like it looks like a jail Mm -hmm. and i'm just like why in the world would they pick this house and the inside is all brick like but it's it's not red brick it's all very light brick again institutional (laughs) yeah i was just like what is happening Mm -hmm. (laughs) but but anyway so they i mean they did notice there's like some kind of like strange things but um you know the the time passing usually fast and then they both you know experience like really weird nightmares i mean obviously theo's was worse right (laughs) theo's was way worse than hers she's saying like oh i forgot my lines on stage but the other interesting thing so while theo's having these really traumatic dreams Mm -hmm. about bad things happening to his daughter like that's 100 percent. you can tell the nexus of where or the where his mind is at he's just so concerned for his daughter yeah. and about bad things happening to her and in these nightmares he imagines that he goes down into all of these little nooks and crannies of the house that don't exist during the daytime yeah. and he sees all these mysterious doors and f- fake walls it's and like they're only appearing to him yes and, it's, and yeah. staircases that lead to nowhere <laughs> um and he and he keeps looking for his daughter and he keeps hearing her crying and when he finally finds her in his dream she's dead she's drowned yeah. and someone drowned her and it's as soon as he 
realizes that it's a dream he starts smacking himself in the face and yeah and at one point and i cringed oh, he took oh, the bottle the, yes he yes. Takes, <laughs> takes the bottle and breaks it and then stabs himself and wakes himself up that's crazy so have you, crazy okay have you ever had a dream like that where you're like trying to wake yourself up yep i'm like i know that this isn't real i know that this is not I've, reality i've had that too yep and i'm and i can't wake myself up and the other thing that freaks me out so hard is when I'm sleeping or when I'm really tired and you're you're on that that verge of not being asleep but you're not awake either mm-hmm. and your body feels so heavy yes I'm so afraid to let go and go to sleep because I feel like if I do I'm gonna stop breathing yeah it's terrifying yeah but yeah he's so he frantically wakes himself up and he's just so concerned about something bad specifically his daughter drowning which is very, very interesting. Yeah. And at one point, the first night when he's walking around the house, we see the we see them start to go to bed. The clock reads that it's 10 o'clock. Oh, yes. And they're getting ready to go to bed. But then when Theo starts going and exploring the house and he has all these weird experiences and he comes back to bed, his wife is asleep and Susanna looks at him and goes, I, you know, what happened to you? We were supposed to hang out and have fun time. Yeah. But he's gone you know I, I wasn't gone that long and then he goes to sleep and we cut over to the clock and it's past three o'clock in the morning yeah <laughs> that was really weird i'm like ooh. <laughs> i'm like this is getting mm-hmm. interesting <laughs> um so they they go to this house so we're you know they're driving and um and then you know what was really weird was in they're driving to the house and the daughter just randomly brings up, you know, like, oh, you're, you're, you're old. Mm-hmm. So that means, does that mean you're going <laughs> to die before mommy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's, she's a very dark child. <laughs> she's talking about death and mm-hmm. like, when are you going to die? And it's going to be before mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh boy. <laughs> this, uh, mm-hmm. this family is uh, a little dark, but that's okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. um so they pull up in the house and they they get there again totally not impressed Mm-mm. this is <laughs> it's just a completely dark house on this beautiful countryside i don't know who decided to build this but Mm-mm. but so they um they're so they get there in the one night so ella she sees a, a shadow of a man on the wall that part was when she was doing the like the shadow puppets mm-hmm. and then like her dad comes up the stairs right after i was like oh mm-hmm. i'm like i know what that means foreshadowing <laughs> yeah uh, totally um uh so they all go to bed and then the next morning um you know theo is you know writing in his uh meditation journal just trying to you know get all his thoughts out and, and everything and you can also hear um i'm assuming what i'm assuming was his therapist Mm-hmm. in the, the doing the voiceover well, he if you notice he has his earphones the head, in because yeah. he's got meditation tapes that he listens to yeah that's what i'm thinking it's, it's like either it's like his therapist or the it's whoever the, 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 the self-guided yeah. medica- okay. meditation that's what i thought yeah. okay <laughs> and um you know then his uh daughter is um asking you know why why do people you know why do they not like dad like what's what's going on so Susanna kind of sort of explains that you know Theo's first wife drowned in the bathtub and people suspected that he killed her although he was you know acquitted in the trial uh so 
Theo steps out. He goes into town. Um, but I'm going to back you oh, up. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. We, oh, I missed we, something. We leave out an important part. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, when he's watching Susanna and Ella outside and he's writing in his journal, he specifically makes a note and says that she's always on her phone. And it's oh, so right. annoying to him because she's always on her phone. Mm-hmm. And mind you, he's already looked through everything. Yeah, but, but he still suspects. He still suspects something because he says, you know, she's always on her phone. <laughs> Which it kind of, when that part too, it kind of hinted to me as he, as they're telling the story about, you know, uh, you know, his wife drowning. I'm like, mm, I wonder. He gonna snap. Yeah. <laughs> If this is what we're getting to towards the end, but of course, you know, that's just me trying to figure out the end of the whole story before it even happens. Um, but so he goes to the store and um, and he comes back and he um, he um, Susanna tells him that, you know, he is um, that he told uh, Ella like the story. And so she kind of runs it down with him and, you know, he he definitely seems pretty upset, but, you know, he's like, okay, you know, that's why, (laughs) because if she knows and she's asking, there's no better, you know, no better way to really put this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So after Susanna explains um, the drowning to Ella and they, they have dinner and everything seems like it's a little bit more normal. Well, we find out that Theo actually had stopped with the shopkeeper and the shopkeeper assumes that Theo is the homeowner of this house that they've rented and they're staying at. And he gives Theo this little um, drafting triangle yes. that architects use. And he asks him to measure the right angles in the house, which Theo's going like, what the hell? Why would I, why would I need this? Um, but this is important to later. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and then the following morning, as he watches Susanna and Ella playing outside, he texts her at the same time he sees uh, Suzanne look at her phone he hears a text vibration on the kitchen counter and finds the identical phone with his messages on the screen so realizing that she has a secret phone mm-hmm. secret phone <laughs> so he suspects that she's you know been cheating on him um, so he kind of looks over into his journal and he notices it says you should leave go now um, and um, you know he confronts Susanna and she admits to having an affair with another actor and you know, Theo asks her to leave for the night and she goes, uh, you know, into town to stay at another place. I was like, oh, I thought she was good. Mm. <laughs> so again, then he, you know, returns to his journal and to see that someone has now written, you, sh- you should have left, now it's too late. And, you know, and d- discovering, um, he discovers an an anomaly anomaly in the angle between the wall and the floor um and they measure the kitchen and find that is larger inside than outside yeah and (laughs) they all this is going on and theo starts suspecting that weird things are happening in the house after he kicks Susanna out Mm -hmm. and sends her out so that's what inspires him to then measure the the angles in the room and when he and Ella are done, they decide to go outside and you see Ella put on her coat and then go through the kitchen, yeah. presumably through the hall and then out the front door. But then you just see her disappear. 
That was so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, <laughs> she went to the upside down. I know. Mm. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, no, he's she's uh, going into like all his uh, bad dreams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, they get, uh, you know, kind of separated and they're they seem to be kind of experiencing, you know, like different worlds, like but still in that same kind of dark place that we saw once before in his, you know, in his dreams. Yeah. He sees, and they actually both see a woman in a clawfoot bathtub. Yeah. And also, they also creeped me out. <laughs> yeah. So when they go down and when, when Ella goes through the dream world, it's a lot darker mm-hmm. than when Theo's going in it. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And so Ella goes down. She's just trying to find somebody to to help her. Yeah. And she sees this woman in the tub. Oh, my and, God. Yeah. And then Theo also <laughs> sees a woman in a tub. Yes. That, oh, God. It's <laughs> when everything's starting to get all creepy. Mm-hmm. But then while they're, while they're trying to find each other, he at one point, because as he's going through the various doors of the house, mm-hmm. he'll run through and end up somewhere completely different so in an effort to try to avoid going back backwards and looping around and such he uses a chair to prop a door open and hope that it's kind of like the trail of breadcrumbs so he can get back out where he was and that's not how it works no (laughs) definitely not (laughs) I, i mean i i would probably have done the same thing like just thinking oh like if i just leave little you know breadcrumbs then i'll find my way back but mm. this it's like it's not that kind of movie it's, it can't be that easy <laughs> it definitely can't be that easy Mm-mm. so once they 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 finally get back to each other so um um ella and theo they they finally find each other and once they reunite theo calls susanna wanting her to come back and take him and ella away from this house cuz there's all these you know weird things going on but her phone is completely turned off Mm -hmm. uh so then he calls the shopkeeper inquiring to see if he knows of any cab service in the area and he replies that there are none and kind of talks about the house like really creepy (laughs) saying that the the devil uh collects souls from there and i'm just like oh here we go (laughs) well and what was interesting and we didn't mention it earlier when Susanna and Theo are fighting when they he finds out that she's been cheating mm-hmm. on him. He lashes out at her and says, you know, you sent me this. You wanted to go here. And then she said, what are you talking about? You sent me the listing. That little Easter egg is then now coming to fruition yes. moving forward because who did send them the listing for the house? <laughs> Um, so they're like pretty much just desperate just to get out of this house. So they start trying to walk into town by foot and, um, which is four miles. That's important to know. It's cold and it's four miles away. So yeah, that's not fun. (laughs) And it's the dead of night. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can't see anything. It's just, um, but they, uh, notice to start seeing kind of like a little shadowy figure, like kind of observing them. But, but then they notice that they're just in a big loop. Mm -hmm. They keep, like, circling, you know, back to the house, like, back and forth. And so they're just, like, stuck. So they're just seeing, okay, you know what? We're, you know, we can't just keep walking around in the cold, you know. And, of course, he's worried about his daughter, like, Mm -hmm. obviously freezing to death. Uh, So they're just like, okay, well, we'll just, we'll stay there for the night. And then, you know, when we wake up, then we'll figure out something else to do. Um, 
so as they're um they fall back asleep theo goes back into this the the dream world again and and he sees um he sees Susanna like the the shelves uh when they first arrive at the house and then he meets the settler who then takes Ella captive um the really like creepy dude mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then all of a sudden we notice that he starts taking uh Theo's form to kind of taunt him and and he says he'll return Ella on the condition that Theo does what he must but First, Theo starts beating the shit out of him. Yeah, that too. And then we realize that, but that was so creepy when he turned like into like him. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, I kind of always thought that too. Yeah, because like, they had the same voice. Yeah, like I'm like this is just his like inner like demon exactly kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. So after that, then um, Ella, you know, is returned and and kind of relieving Theo. Um, so the next morning. Next day, uh, Susanna returns to the house, and uh, Theo uh, gives her Ella, and he he finally confesses that you know, you know, here's the truth about you know my first wife. He's like, I didn't actually kill her, but I literally kind of just sat there and watched her drown mm-hmm. because, like, you know, they were so unhappy, and he just, you know, wanted to you know just be rid of the marriage. And I guess I I guess that was just the easiest way to go. I mean, but, <laughs> officer, I don't know what happened. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's always divorce, but <laughs> it's expensive. But <laughs> I was just kind of like, oh, OK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just let her like just slide he's, into he's the water. Her die. <laughs> just slide into the mm-hmm. water. <laughs> but anyway, so he accepts that he, you know, kind of belongs to the house and his soul is then seen kind of trapped inside revealing that he had you know been the figure watching himself and ella uh leave that night before you know having tried and warned his past self um by writing the messages in his journal um and then you can you know the shopkeeper's voice says that some people don't leave the house and you know the place finds them mm-hmm. some creepy stuff mm-hmm. and that's the movie mm-hmm. very creepy so Let's talk about a couple different things. Yes. One, this movie currently holds a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which I don't understand. I don't either because I really enjoyed it. It was really well casted. Yes. Uh, Kevin Bacon is 62 years old and still has it. Yeah. Um, I felt like Amanda Seyfried was really believable. Mm-hmm. She did a great job. The little girl annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> she was really, really bratty. <laughs> And especially, so the two parts, one, when she started jumping on the couch. Oh, I know. Because, I'm sorry, but if a kid came into my house and started jumping on the couch cushions, I'd be like, excuse you. <laughs> I, could, yes. I could not sell you and get enough money to pay for that couch. But Please stop jumping Especially, I'm on sure it. that house was not cheap. No. <laughs> I mean, it was ugly, but I'm sure it wasn't cheap. No, it was not cheap. Um, and... Then when she, well, after Susanna leaves and she starts rolling around on her scooter oh, and, yeah. and raising hell, I got so annoyed. She's like, oh, I'm just with dad. I can do whatever I want now. Right. And, and <laughs> it was really, really annoying. Um, but I really loved how good of a job Kevin Bacon did of his dual roles. Yeah. And I also really loved that this was a good mix of creepy haunted house and psychological thriller. Yeah. It was incredibly predictable. At yeah. specific spots, which well, is probably why it got such bad ratings. Well, I'm yeah, I guess. But I just didn't think that it was 
like we were talking about the other horror movies that we watched like the rental Mm -hmm. like i felt like that was incredibly predictable yeah like a little bit more than this one oh 100 i mean like there were some things that i kind of figured out you know like i knew the the creepy dude like i knew that was him right i mean i just kind of intuitively i was Mm -hmm. like okay that's got to be his like the evil part of him or something Mm -hmm. um but i don't know like it still had a lot of twists and turns like like the whole thing about his wife i don't think we would have i mean really figured out that without the little like easter eggs in the middle there but i don't know when because jerry and i were watching it and as soon as the two phone thing happened Mm -hmm. because you think that she's just totally you know normal and stuff and i was expecting other things to happen and then when she pulled out the second phone i looked over at durable and went oh snap she got two phones I mean, I guess if you're going to cheat, I guess hide another phone. I don't know. Well, (laughs) I have two phones. Oh. But one's for work. Right. It's not like I got the choice. It was the mothership doesn't want you to have (laughs) your work data on your personal phone. So you have to have a separate phone and it has to be password locked. Yeah. But I did give him the password. I'm like, you know what the password is, right? Because (laughs) I don't want you ever thinking that I'm ever doing anything. So you can wander through that phone all you want. I'm very boring. So (laughs) please go through it. Just a bunch of work emails. Exactly. I'm like, it's, it's nothing exciting, especially right now because you know nobody's nobody's touring so exactly it's not like i'm planning any road shows right now um so yeah it's inc- incredibly boring but, but the, it, the two phone thing was boring. yeah but i'm i'm really surprised that rotten tomato rotten tomatoes gave it 40 percent. i was too i i really enjoyed it me too i thought of the movies that we've seen lately mm-hmm. between the relic the rental i thought that this was way better yeah i agree and i'm i love um, psychological thrillers because I just love how it kind of keeps you on your toes and kind of keeps you thinking like oh well like you know there's this that's happening so that means this is going to like I don't know that's what I do when I'm you know watching these types of movies I'm sitting there kind of analyzing the whole thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and like trying to figure out what's you know what's happening and um but I I think 40% is a little harsh especially yeah since the rental and the relic got higher ratings than than that Mm -hmm. i don't know i was i was just really surprised by that i was too and a lot of critics like really like was like really harsh on it i know and (laughs) i I didn't think it was that bad i liked it and i think that perhaps the story was a little more relatable Mm -hmm. for me yeah Um, me too that's why i said there was a few parts where i jumped and only because of just you know just like recent stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) going on in my life that you know, there's just certain things that kind of, like, just, yeah. They hit close to home. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, um, for and for me personally, this is a conversation that Jared and I have frequently because we don't fight ever. But when we have fought, we approach every situation and say, is this something that we can resolve today and now? Mm-hmm. Because once we have a conversation and once we deal with it, if we if it's something so egregious or so severe that we decide this is going to haunt our relationship it's not worth it mm-hmm. because that resentment is only going to grow it's only going to fester it's only going to get worse you're going to keep score and use it against your other half at a later date 
So, and and that's not to say that, you know, if you go through something traumatic, like your, let's say your spouse cheats on you mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, if you go through something that's that traumatic, yes, it's obviously going to take time yeah. to heal and work through. A lot. But that communication is key. And the other key is you can't continue to use that against that person. Yeah. If you have a conversation and decide, I can move past this, but I'm going to need some time to heal. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. But at the very end, and when he writes in the book, you know, you should have left, we think for most of the movie, when we start seeing that, it's referring to them leaving the house because something bad's right. going to happen in the house. Exactly. But it really is applicable to everything. And mm-hmm. it's not just, you know, romantic relationships. It's friendships too if something super traumatic happens in a friendship and you decide you know what this is too awful and i know that i can't forgive this person and i can't move past this then you should leave yeah because you're just gonna continue to use that against that person Mm -hmm. forever and ever and then that's no fun it's not fair right um so it hit a little close to home for me because we've all had those relationships whether they're marriages whether they are you know, other types of romantic relationships or friendships. We've all had those. Yep. Or we have held on way too long. Way, way, way too long. And that that's why this one really hit close to for yeah. me, especially at the end when he's when he said, you know, he watched her drown. And <laughs> he just looked at Amanda Seyfried and said, No, I'm like, you take the kid. I'm staying here because yeah. I should have left that relationship a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and I went, Oh, gut punch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he just, oh, man. Gut punch. Yeah. <laughs> when he said that, you, well, well, you know. <laughs> I don't need to say it. <laughs> we've all yeah. had those relationships where we've stayed too long. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah, it's, it definitely kind of struck a chord a little bit. So, a couple other fun facts. As, oh, yes. we, as we mentioned, uh, Kevin Bacon replaced Nicolas Cage. And I, this would, for me, 100% not have been the same film if it had Nicolas yeah. Cage in it. Truthfully, I probably wouldn't have even bothered watching it. And I'm sure the 40% would probably make sense. Well, and Kevin, Or maybe less than that. <laughs> and Kevin Bacon has done, because I, I always forget the, the gamut of movies that Kevin Bacon has done. He, I mean... Footloose. Footloose. Friday the 13th. Footloose. He was in Friday the 13th. He was in Tremors. Tremors. Stir of Echoes. I like Stir of Echoes. I love Stir of Echoes. Um, He was in R.I.P.D., which was another one that got really crappy reviews, but I didn't feel like it was that bad. I mean, it wasn't that good, but it was fun. I knew what I was getting going into it. I knew I wasn't going to get some kind of cinematic masterpiece, but it was fun. He played a good evil demon cop. So. You know, it was great. Um, and then also the house that they rent is called Life House, which is a vacation home in Wales. Nope. Yep. It's got its own name. It's so famous. It has its own name. So Life it was House. Life House. So it was designed by famed British architect John Pawson and completed in 2016. Oh. Huh. Yeah. I'll call it more the institution. I know. It's totally... <laughs> Sorry, sorry to the designer. Right? <laughs> Maybe it's just the way they decorated it for the movie. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know, but it's <laughs> well, and it was painted black. Yeah, I don't. You have I, this beautiful countryside, and you build a modern-looking, and then you paint it black. 
I mean, we all know that black is the color of my soul. However, <laughs> it did not look good on the outside of this house. No, it didn't. It Would did you paint not. your house black? Well... No, I don't no know. question. Would Jared let you paint the house Jared, black? Okay, that's a better one. Jared would not let me paint the house black. But we are in the process of painting the inside of it gray. But it looks amazing. We haven't done the molding yet. We need to do The that. inside looks amazing. Thanks. It's we're, we're nothing like this house that we watched in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's a, another interesting thing that they talked about a couple times. So they, they make note on a couple of occasions the age gap between Theo and Susanna. And it's present in their communication with each other, the fact that she's always on her phone, which I feel like is a very, I I feel like our generation in particular in Gen Z, we're on our phones a lot. We just are. It's, we're staying in contact with people constantly, but you could tell that Kevin Bacon's character, who is clearly a boomer, he's like, she's always on her phone. Um, (laughs) Okay, boomer. (laughs) But between, between that and they also have, you know, some, some sexual compatibility, compatibility issues, um, all that business. So they, they poke at the age difference quite a bit, but some couple of different fun facts. So Kevin Bacon has actually been a pretty big movie star since Footloose came out in 84, which was released a year before Amanda Seyfried was born. (laughs) Oh, wait, she was, oh, well, I'm like the same age as her. Yeah, and he made his acting debut in National Lampoon's Animal House in 1978. He was the frat guy that was rolling around, keep calm, all is well. That's right. Yeah, so anytime uh, I'm having a temper tantrum and Jared's like, what's wrong? I just send him the Kevin Bacon gif going, all is well. (laughs) (laughs) Also Uh, needs to be on a shirt. (laughs) Yep, and so he was an adult when that came out, and that came out seven years before she was born. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Crazy town. Wow. Yeah. But he still looks good, though. He does. He and Kira Sedgwick both. Yeah. I know they got taken by Bernie Madoff in the 2000s, but they don't look like they're sad about it now. Nope. They look perfectly fine. And I love them together. They've been married for 32 years. So, Oh, they are actually married. Oh, yeah. I thought they were just one of those couples that are just together. Like Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know they were actually married, but that's amazing. No, they're not Goldie and Kurt. Okay. They're Kevin and Kira married. But I like it because you don't hear that much about them and they still... They're low drama. Yeah. They, they seem have... like they still like each other. Yeah. That's which, good. that's all you can ask for in a relationship, right? <laughs> I like that he, um, for the whole social distancing thing, I don't know if you saw... I think it was posted on... I think I saw it on Instagram where um, he was kind of doing a campaign about wearing masks and it was called <laughs> Six Degrees Separation. <laughs> but like the six degree, But Six Degrees of Social Distancing... He was trying to do a whole campaign and tag like other uh, celebrities to to get involved. And I thought that was really cool. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I don't know what my six degrees of Kevin Bacon is. I don't know either. And I was trying to find I know there's like a game that you can play. But I was trying to find it so that we could play (laughs) to see like where we are um, on the scale and see how far we are from from kevin bacon um but oh yeah so the oracle of bacon that's the website (laughs) the oracle of bacon yes so i was trying to see if because you can put in like different celebrity names Mm -hmm. so i was okay so i was gonna put um marilyn monroe and see 
Okay, so here we go. Okay, uh, Marilyn Monroe has a bacon number of two. How's that? <laughs> because, so Marilyn Monroe was in The Misfits uh. with Kevin McCarthy, who was in Hero at Large with Kevin Bacon. Wow. Ooh, give me another one. <laughs> this is too much fun. I wish I was famous only so that I, I know. could know what my Kevin Bacon number is. I know. But and that's it. Too. I wouldn't want anything else to go with it. I was going to see if I can put in my... Oh, haha. Okay. Okay, here we go. So I put in my grandfather's name. Uh-huh. And What's his bacon number? Three. Ooh. <laughs> so uh, my grandfather uh, was uh, mentioned in Michael Jackson's journey from uh, Motown to Off the Wall mm-hmm. with Lemon Anderson, who was in The Soloist, with Octavia Spencer, mm-hmm. who was in Beauty Shop with Kevin Bacon. Wow. I like this. So, so your that, bacon number's so, like four. So yeah, so I mine's four. There you go. Ha! Huh. That's so, so cool. Old. Or would it be five because it's my mom's dad? Maybe five. Yeah, your bacon number's five. That's pretty cool. Five degrees from Kevin Bacon. Mine would be harder because I'm not famous. <laughs> but you know me, and we do this podcast together, so yours would be six. But maybe I'm closer with all the <laughs> stuff from work. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, 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 I know mine because. Also through Michael Jackson, ah. and, and I've worked with Quincy Jones. There you go. So my bacon number's four. That's amazing. Wait, I'm going to put in Quincy ah! Jones. This is so cool. <laughs> what? what did you do this afternoon? We tried to see how many <laughs> degrees of separation we are from Kevin Bacon. Done and done. <laughs> Whoever made the oracle of bacon.com, thank you so much. Okay, so Quincy Jones is two. Yep. So Quincy Jones was in Austin Powers and Goldmember uh-huh. with Greg Grunberg, uh-huh. who was in Pitch uh, Picture Perfect uh-huh. with Kevin Bacon. So yours is three. Or four. Or four. Yeah. Well, you a- met him personally, right? A few times. Yeah. So then it would be three. I've, I've done many events with Quincy. <laughs> yeah. So then it would be three. Yeah. Because you, you know him. There we go. Yay! We found your bacon number. Ah. <laughs> uh. But yeah. Okay, that was fun. That was fun. So everybody, go to the Oracle of Bacon and find your Kevin Bacon number. Yes, this is so much fun. <laughs> but I think, you know, overall, this movie was super fun. Um, it's 100% worth the watch. It was a good mix of psychological thriller and horror. Yes. Um, and it's better than most of the other things we've seen. Yeah, I mean, I did like The Relic and I liked The Rental, but I feel like I liked this one a little bit more. I did But too. also because it just kind of struck a strong chord with me. Yeah. But other than that, like taking out the personal mm-hmm. part for me, I mean, I still liked it better than the other ones. I did too. And I jumped, so that's saying something. Yeah, man. That is really saying something mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, it had a couple <laughs> good jump scares in it. So I, I think on the, the Scream scale, what would you give it? For me, I say a four. I'd give it a four. It's definitely. See, worth I was it. I was like thinking about this long last night mm-hmm. because I'm like I don't want to say something and then Sarah's like, oh, that's too nice because <laughs> you are too nice. <laughs> so definitely a four. I give it a for four. sure. I still don't understand why critics were like super harsh on this film. Um, I, I just I think it was a lot better than the ratings that they've given you know other movies so definitely a four for me yeah i agree um please don't believe the rotten tomatoes it's definitely worth a watch yes do it yeah and like what else are you watching right we know you ain't busy it's there's a pandemic. there's a whole lot 
a video on demand and and if you are busy during a pandemic it should be with work and not because you're going out and not being safe yeah like if you're busy hope you're busy wearing a mask some gloves (laughs) something Mm -hmm. (laughs) well yeah please go see it and check in your local drive-ins because they're actually getting some of these movies there i'm like i'm getting on my soapbox (laughs) i I really want the the industry to really look into drive-in theaters i think they're great i think you can make a lot of money instead of all this video on demand even though it's great because being at home watching movies with popcorn is fun too but Going through the drive-in was a lot of fun. I had a really nice experience. It kind of took me back yep. when, I, you know, my early childhood days. So Absolutely. And going with my girls. Yay! And watching them jump. Yep. <laughs> and going, whoa! <laughs> well, that concludes our episode for today. Yeah. Please check out our website at thesquadghouls.com. And we have a merch store. We have merch. Buy our things. Buy all of our stuff. We got fanny packs. We have shirts, fanny packs, masks, and dog hoodies. Ooh, tote bags, too. I forgot the tote bags. Oh, and a tote tote bag. There's a tote bag. Yeah. Everybody everybody needs a tote bag. For carrying your things. Especially in this day and age, too. You bring your own bags. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, please. And then uh, don't forget to... Uh, like us on uh, Facebook and on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And also, um, you can email us any uh, you know comments or like if you have any you know stories that you'd like to share, uh, comments and concerns, uh, ideas of what you want us to talk about next, please email us at this uh, <laughs> the squaggles at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram. Our handle is the squad ghouls. And I think that's it. Oh, rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're waiting for reviews. We would love to see how you guys are all enjoying us. Yes, or not. Or yeah, or not. (laughs) But we hope you are. We hope so. Yes, we would. We would like that very much. Yes. So please, Uh we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, man. Creep it real, and we'll scare you later. Goodbye. Bye.